We are so glad you decided to join us today for our Compelled podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. We would love for you to message us on social media and connect through our website at compelled316.com. Now let's get started. Bob Morrison is here to get us thinking about what it means to live a compelled life. Hey, what's up guys? To make it through another day, right? We're in the start of our work week. Adventure begins there, right? So anybody check out Matthew McConaughey yesterday? Uh, Man, I could not spare the whole day. I was kind of hoping it was like one hour that I would come away with some major wow. And uh, it was actually a group of speakers that they covered most of the day. McConaughey, I did catch his and I made some notes. And I was really impressed with the way that he led us to a neutral position. I was really worried that he was going to come out and say, you know, I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat or I'm a believer or I'm not a believer and and create this animosity right in the middle of what he had to say. But it actually was pretty cool. You know, it was mostly about looking at ourselves and how we evaluate ourselves and how we go through life and what we do with the people around us and with the situations we're in. And it made me think back to starting to go to church of all things. You know, going to church for me was not just, I don't know, man. Some people say they're going to go to church because their parents say they need to go to church or they're going to go to church because it's Easter or Christmas. And for me, I was searching I was absolutely searching. I had been living a pretty broken life. Man, I was coming off of something close to one whole year of sleeping in the backseat of my car in some parking garage or sleeping on buddy's couches and just being a mess, you know? Um, Alcohol consumption was high and my ability to be responsible as a dad and, and really even as a spouse was just not very good. Um, I got to that point where I thought, well, I'm just never going home. I'm going to stay out here on the road and be separated and eventually divorced. And I was just trying to find my way. And I would come home on the weekends to check out my kids and just hang out with them. Sometimes I would take them back to Indy with me. But it was just one of those times when Katie... Uh, my youngest daughter, she was little, man. She was just uh, this blonde-haired, blue-eyed little girl that just made you say yes. And she would say, Daddy, why don't you go to church with me? I'm going to be singing a song or something, you know, in some kid's play. And uh, I couldn't say no. Fast forward, you know, I, I went to that church and uh, was hungry for what it is I'm supposed to do with my life. How do we erase the brokenness of everything that we've been through and all the things that people have not only done to us, but things we've done to other people? I mean, it gets down to that, doesn't it? I mean, it's your ability to heal and how much guilt you carry around. I actually heard a counselor one time call it chairs. And he said, you know what? Every time something rough or bad happens in your life, imagine picking up a chair And now you just carry that chair around with you. And then when something else happens, you pick up another chair. And these wooden kitchen chairs, you know, we're we're pick one up, we got one in each arm, we're still walking around. He goes, well, hang on, life's still happening. 
and more bad things are going to happen. So you got to figure out, pick up another chair, tie them all together, start dragging them around. And he said, you understand that he had us actually walk around. There was a group of us in this, talking to this counselor. And he's like, think about it. You have three or four chairs and you're just trying to get through your day now. You're trying to drag them through the openings of, of the door. You're trying to drag them down the hallway, getting in your car, going to your job. And people are like, what's up with all these chairs? Because it's a visible representation of all that mess inside us, that brokenness that we can't just seem to say, hey, you know what? It happened. Slide this chair back under the table where it belongs and move on. But it's hard. And it was one of the things that Matthew McConaughey was addressing. He's like, what is it? What's your obstacle? What is it that keeps you from being who you're called to be? And I'm going to go further with that to say, what is it that keeps you from being what God's called you to be? I mean, really, we are not just put on this earth to burn up oxygen. I firmly believe that there is a plan. And even though we have times when it seems so traumatic and messy and dysfunctional, and we want to just say, wow, I don't want to do this anymore. God is there. He's putting his hand on your shoulder to say, hey, dude. Just take a breath, put the chair back under the table where it belongs, quit carrying all this stuff. I got it. But somehow we don't do that. We we have to think we're Superman, that we're going to rescue not only the world, but we're going to rescue ourselves. And you just can't do that. You remember um, a long time ago, there was a quote that basically said, heal thyself. And somebody asked me when I became a pastor and I started really carrying the weight of all that, they said, what's, what's the reality? What's come to your mind now that you're a pastor? And I said, I figured out really quick that there's a question for me is, who pastors the pastor? When I went to that church and started going there, I had no idea I was going to be a pastor. I had no idea I was even going to keep going there. I mean, honestly, I think we're all just hungry for that. We're, we're trying to say, well, if I go to this church... Will I fit in? Will they make fun of my clothes? Will they think that my ideas about God are wrong? Um, you know, I think back to Ricky Bobby when, uh, you know, Mayor Cal Naughton Jr. sitting at the table and Ricky's like, well, my baby Jesus is eight pounds all snuggled in and that's who I pray to. And then Cal Naughton's like, well, I think he'd be wearing one of those cool t-shirts, looks like a tuxedo. And, you know, Ricky Bobby's like, shut up, Cal. You know, he stops him because it's like, no, you're your Jesus is not the same as my Jesus. And I think when we go to church, it's like that. You know, you look around and you go, man, how should I act? How should I pray? How should I sing this song? Should I even like this song? Um, when the preacher says something, do I say amen? Or do I just keep my mouth shut? I mean, it's a learning process in just the part that's religion. And the cool part about Jesus, man, he was not a fan of religion. When you go back and you look, At the definition for religion, it was just to say that we do something over and over. And that's why you hear somebody say, oh, I brush my teeth religiously. Oh, I wash my car every Friday religiously. I mow my grass every Saturday religiously. You make it a habit. But just because you go to a church does not make you a follower of Jesus. You know, and it was one of those moments like that that got me. Because I was sitting in that church that Katie had invited me to trying to pretend that I was just a Christian. 
And all of a sudden, out of the blue, this pastor, who's now a guy that I've known for many years, but at that time, he was a total stranger to me, but it felt like he was speaking to me directly. And I know, yes, a lot of us have that experience where we say, oh man, that message was for me. That verse was being spoken to me directly. God does that. He will put things on your heart and in your mind when he thinks it's necessary. But anyway, this pastor says, uh, just because you're in a car, I'm sorry, just because you're in a garage doesn't make you a car. And then he says, and just because you're in a restaurant doesn't make you a cheeseburger, which I love. And he says, so just because you're in church doesn't make you a Christian. And he's saying this message, you know, to a room full of people. There's probably a couple hundred people there. But it felt like he was reminding me or pointing out to me that I was going through the motions. I was a pretender. Uh, poser would be the better term. You know, you go to church, you carry the Bible, you're dressed up, your hair looks good, you're singing the songs, you're raising your hands. But the reality was, I wasn't really seeking God and I certainly wasn't trying to live a life like Jesus. And it was just at that moment when he said that, something inside me changed and I said, oh wow, enough's enough. And so I waited till like, I think Monday, sometime in the day on Monday, I go knock on his door and I said, hey, I got questions. What's this all about? What is it that I'm really supposed to be doing with my life? And he began to pour into me and even hooked me up with another guy that mentored me. Uh, you know, they would let me just drive around and talk. And, and yeah, I mean, some people are great listeners. Other people listen to you with the intent of answering you. And you heard me say that in one of my, my videos that I put out on social media, that we need to learn how to listen to understand instead of listening to respond. And so they put this mentor with me. We get in a car, we drive four and a half hours, and I'm the only one talking. Yeah, it was crazy, because I thought at any point he's gonna pull over and say, get out, you know, because I had so many misguided beliefs in the Bible and Jesus. And, and this guy would just smile and just keep driving, kind of nod. But he never hit the brakes for me. He never stopped me and said, that's wrong. Or no, you shouldn't think that or any of that. He just let me go. So for like four and a half hours, I'm just literally spilling my guts to him about what a terrible person I am and how I've left my family and I'm living in Indianapolis in my car. I'm out there horned up on Friday nights and I'm just a piece of crap and I can't believe they're even letting me in their church. But the reality was, I think we all need that. You know, we need to have somebody that you can just spit it out uh, that's not going to try to answer those questions. They're not going to try to determine what's right or wrong. It's, it's that person that... Uh, I call them emotional dumpsters. I bet is the best word I can think of is emotional dumpster. Somebody who would just listen to you and let you get it out. Sometimes you just need to hear yourself say it. You know, to be able to say to yourself out loud, I'm addicted or I'm a mess or I'm a horrible manager of money or I sabotage my daily life or whatever it is that's your obstacle. And McConaughey brought that up and he said he spent time uh, went to like a monastery out in the Southwest 
and hikes in like 13 miles on a dirt road to be at this monastery. And he spills his guts to this guy, this monk, you know, better part of a day. And the monk never speaks. And so as McConaughey is telling him all these terrible things that he's thought, done, believes, um, the monk just lets him. And at some point when it's all done, he said the monk turns and looks at him eye to eye with this intent and says, me too. And it just struck me that we all have those me too moments somewhere in our life. And the reason that we choose to go to a church is to find other people around us who say me too. And I think it was like that with the church that I started. You know, I started a church called The Edge that was basically like nothing anyone had done or seen there in town in southern Indiana. And just the idea that we painted the walls black, we put tables in there, bare concrete floors with stains on the floor so big they needed their own zip code. And people would just come. And if coffee got knocked over, we'd be like, eh, oh well. And we would just keep around going. We would just play these praise and worship songs and we would have messages that included anything from uh, music from Alice in Chains, Metallica, um, the blues. We might show a clip from an R-rated movie. We did everything to break the mold of church so that people who went there said, man, this is the first time I've ever sat down in a group of people and felt okay with all my mess. And then someone beside him would look over and say, me too. And I love that. I love the idea that we could find our place. And I don't want you to go through life thinking, oh man, I can never tell everybody all the stuff I carry around inside. And I definitely don't want you to go to a church thinking, man, if I go to this church, they're going to learn my dirt and they're going to drag me out back and put a door on me and start piling stones. Find that place where you're welcome as you are. Anytime a church says, if you can clean your act up, you're welcome here, you should run. See, that was never what Jesus intended. He always intended for us to help each other. And when you go back and you look at that first church in Acts 2, it was amazing. Those guys, they were all different. But for one moment, they were all saying the same thing. Me too. They were like, oh my gosh, I want to be a part of this. I want to, I want to hear what God's going to do. I want to feel God in my life. I want to know what it means for the Holy Spirit to actually give me an impulse inside my heart that says, do this right here, right now. And all the people around him said, me too. And it was this excitement that a church was born that Jesus would smile on and say, yep, that's what I intended. No walls, no stained glass, no hideous organ, no $100,000 sound system blasting through the roof. It was all about, it said they shared with each other. They ate with each other. They met in each other's homes. They prayed for each other. I mean, come on. It even says that none of them had more than the others. They shared with each other in such a way that they all existed for the sole purpose of reflecting Jesus. And I guess that's what I want for you and me. I want us to be able to find our way, find a way to be able to say to people, hey, this is what I'm going through, and them to say to you, me too. And there you go, another brother in Jesus Christ. 
So yes, we're all broken, we're all a mess, we carry baggage, we got chairs, but at the end of the day, when Jesus says, I'm gonna take that all away from you, and I'm like, man, I love this Jesus, and the people around you are gonna say, me too. Hey, this is Bob Morrison. I will see you somewhere out there. We are truly thankful you chose to spend some time with us here at Compelled. If you enjoyed today's message, we encourage you to like it, share it on social media, and check out our website, compelled316.com. God bless you, and we hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you somewhere out there.